And the show has started. What's up? Welcome back. Welcome back, Pat. It's uh, it's been an eventful week uh, for you. For uh, you. For you. For us. Why maybe. for me? I got pretty turned up at a wedding in St. Louis. Why for me? Well, dude, you've been playing volleyball the past two days. Yeah, I play volleyball it's every morning. a little morning, turn Tuesday. up after volleyball today. Yeah, so yeah, so I'll t- actually start with that real fast. So we went to the uh, the Shore Club, which is a new place that opened up this year in Chicago. And it's the uh, the first bar that I can remember that's actually like on uh, the beach in Chicago, right on right at North Avenue Beach. And it's not so. There's Castaways that's been there forever. This is going to be irrelevant to a lot of people, so I'll just go through this fast. There's Castaways. It's this big boat-looking thing that's been at North Avenue Beach forever. But it's kind of a shitty, like it's kind of pretty shitty food up top. You can get some drinks there, but it's kind of low class, right, Pat? Not top class. Would you have you been there? Uh, I have not. Okay. Well, I don't recommend it. What I do recommend is the Shore Club, which is like just a couple steps away, a little north of that. And it's kind of this outdoor area. It seems when we were sitting there, it was like we went there after volleyball. It's kind of perfect. When it's when it's nice weather out, it's a very perfect place. It feels very California-esque. You're just looking out over the lake, the beach and the lake. And uh, it's very a lot of outdoor seating. The indoor seating is surrounded by, like, glass and, like, a white tent um, type thing. And it's all very uh, – a lot of fish-type dishes. And it's very, like, you know, outdoorsy type vibes and, uh, you know, for classy cow feel to it. Uh, so I'd recommend that. Uh, you know, in the Chicago restaurant area, but yeah. I have a question. But yeah, it's here. How does it feel? How does it feel to be a big bougie bitch? A big bougie bitch. So, uh, yeah, when we got there, everybody was taking pictures of the view. Um, so I did feel like a big bougie bitch. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, man, food and drink on the lake. Yeah, exactly. High society. <laughs> First class. First class. So, first class. What's uh, what's been going on with you, Pat? Oh, last weekend was kind of rough. Um, I accidentally put a hole in the wall in a bathroom at a restaurant. How do you accidentally Accident. do that? I got really angry at a Taco Bell recently. Okay, so it's not as crazy as it sounds. Okay, I'm not going to name the restaurant because you know, we're just, let's just say there's a hole. Somewhere. Wendy's. So, <laughs> it was no. I haven't been there in forever. I love the Baconator. I'm just, you know, 2018, hard body, man. That's right. But um, anyway, I ended up going to that Windy City Smokeout. I'm not a country music fan, but my friends went. I had an okay time. I didn't really hear the music, to be honest with you. So um, afterwards, I stopped and got some food, and they had one of those bracelets that was, like, super hard to get off. Like, it had... It's like where you pull like the 
the material and there's like this black like uh, handle thing that only goes down. It doesn't go up. So I pulled it a little close to my hand. So I walk into this urinal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, on each side of the urinal, there's like this tiled wall, but there's no door. That's like the privacy is like this wall. Okay. So I go to take my bracelet off and this thing is like really tough to get off. So I'm like full on like Hulk smash, but in the opposite way, like it's on my left hand and my right hand, like I scoop the fingers under and I go to pull it. And after like maybe three seconds, it finally broke and I just slammed my elbow into this tile and it cracked. (laughs) It hurts so bad. Were, Were your pants on or off at this point? Oh, I had my wing out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was doing my thing. Snow hands. Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. Whipped it out? Yeah, whipped it out. Yeah. It was loud. It hurt. There was no one else in the bathroom. At oh, the that's time, good. So okay, just, that's what I was going to ask next. Like, how many people were observing this happen? I just walked out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I guess... That's you got some strength to you. You got some strength you don't even know about. I guess I couldn't even pull the bracelet off right away. But you did get it off, and uh, I did. And yeah. my my elbow just ricochet off this tiled wall. Like <laughs> I was in severe pain the whole way home. Uh, that's good, Pat. I mean, so uh, yeah, I'll be careful around you. <laughs> Throwing bows. Throwing bows. Exactly. Well, uh, sorry to hear about your elbow, Pat. Do you want to? We could do a little Kickstarter or something for it. No, that's okay. Or is it it's fine, fine now? now. Okay, it's fine now. Okay, it's fine. Now. All right. I don't know how the wall is at that place. All right. But... Hashtag pray for Pat. Anybody that wants to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to use the Twitter. Um, yeah. Get on the Twitter machine. Get on the Twitter machine. Nice. So, I was at uh, this weekend on Saturday. We went to the uh, the Chicago premiere, the Chicago screening of this movie called Groupers. And when I say we, it's me and. Uh, Real Boys co-host Mike James, who works with me. Michael Thomas James. Michael Thomas James. And another co-worker, Scott. So the three of us went to this movie called Groupers, and I'll give you a little backstory on Groupers. And so uh, the guy that directed this, his name is Anderson Cowan, and Anderson was the engineer on Loveline, uh, which is what got uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla famous. Uh, They did the show Loveline Forever. It was a syndicated uh, radio show on Terrestrial Radio. So... They did that forever. There was this guy that was the engineer on it for like 20 years. He would do the sound effects and things like that for the show. And he does a podcast now with Bald Brian, who's also on Adam Carolla's show. So they do a podcast about movies, so I listen to that podcast. And uh, Anderson Forever had wanted to make his own movie. So I was listening to the podcast. He said he wanted to make his own movie. When he started actually doing the planning for that, I had emailed him a couple months ago. And so I said, hey, we have a, you know, I work at a place that does film editing. We can help you out. So I hooked him up with Mike James. And Mike James ended up editing most of this movie. So then. Way to go, MTJ. Yeah, way to go. So then uh, we went to the premiere of this movie, screen, this Chicago premiere, screening, whatever, um, in uh, Bridgeport in Chicago. So. The interesting thing with this movie is the plot. And, and Anderson's whole thing with this movie was he wanted to make it a movie that people won't forget. It's a pretty small budget thing, so he's like, I just want something that, that can make an impact. So the plot of this movie, I'll just tell you the plot, and then uh, I'll let people know when it's available and then go see it. And 
because right now they're in the looking for the distribution phase. So the plot of the movie is that uh, this girl, uh, there's this there's this guy at school that's getting teased uh, for being gay. There's from these two bullies and uh, at a high school. Uh, the guy's uh, older sister, the guy that's getting teased, his older sister uh, seduces these two guys, the two guys that are bullies, seduces them, ends up uh, kind of knocking them out in a way, uh, brings them to an abandoned pool in California, ties them up, and then, uh, so then they wake up and they're tied up in this abandoned pool, and they realize that they are connected by one thing, and that is a Chinese handcuff around their penis. Oh uh, boy! Between the two of them, so the whole concept here: she wants to, uh, she's doing a thesis about people that say that, that that being gay is a choice. So she wants them, if they can choose to be gay, then just do that, and all they have to do is do that to get out of the, uh, to get basically, if they both get erect, there's some way that they can get out of this Chinese handcuff. Um, well, I would imagine they didn't have a lot of girth that they fit in that thing. Um, so it was to be fair, this this was a thicker one. Uh, this was not your standard Chinese handcuff. <laughs> This, this seemed like a custom-made Chinese handcuff because I don't know what else this would have been used for. Custom-made? Did they go all the way to China? I, I don't know. There was not... Uh, actually, I don't think uh, I saw any Asian people in the movie. These are plot points we need to figure out. There, Yes. So, this, so these are things we can ask... Uh, <laughs> I can ask Anderson if I see him again. Um, so... Anyway, so yeah, that's the plot of this movie. So very... Definitely 100% a movie that I will not forget. Um... And then, uh, so yeah, it was, it was interesting to see. It was a good time to see. We got to talk to Anderson after the show, so uh, it was good times. And so that was uh, that was kind of a big thing this weekend. I also went to the uh, they had the scene. So apparently, after the normal like golf uh, tournament, well, I, I don't know what you call it the 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 PGA tour, right? There is a senior professional golf uh, tour that they do too. You have to be over the age of fifty. So my dad had been volunteering. That's it? Yes, just over the age of 50 to, to play in this. So oh. my dad had been volunteering at this thing all week, so we got free tickets, so I went and saw that. And it was at a very nice course, and I was very uh, tempted to yell out something during the swings. Mashed potato. Mashed potato. The whole thing, the whole list of things that we that we went over the other day. Um, <laughs> and so I was very... I, guess, I forget what some of them are. Um, oh my god, the list was like uh, obviously like Baba Booey was on there. Baba Booey! Uh, what are some of the other ones? Uh, uh, Harambe, R.A.P. Harambe. Yes. Dicks out for Harambe. With your dick out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. With your dick out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. With your dick out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. That was one of the more prevalent ones. Yes, I'm trying. There was a. You'd have to go back to one of the previous episodes to know to know what it was. Um, but I think uh, anyway, it was the thing. I like golf tournaments, and it's interesting to see, and it's very it's much different than any other sporting event because you go there and you can just kind of go to whatever hole you want, and different people are going to different times, and there's you know it's it's just much more chill. You just kind of go where you want. Um, but the thing again with like watching golf or watching volleyball for me, every time I go, I just am like I think I'd rather just play. I like. I think it'd be kind of fun to just play. Like we weren't there that long, so I could not have played golf in that amount of time. But like, I always those events. Every time I just watch them, is like I would. You know, I think in this amount of time, I can, I can just go play. But it's always a it's a different type of thing. It's fun to see every once in a while. But I think like in general, I would not be going to a lot of golf tournaments. 
Is there a bit of a party scene amongst the crowd or not? Uh, really? Definitely not in the senior group. <laughs> no? <laughs> definitely not, no. The people that are watching, definitely not the party are you crowd. Are sure? I'm very sure. Uh, they did have, you could like buy bottles of wine at the, like at the concession stand, which is a little different, uh, but you full know. bottles. Yeah. You could buy full bottle of wine. So like that big jug, whatever that thing's called, Carlo, whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't about. know what I'm talking you're about. You're talking about Carlos Villalobos. We've had him on the show before. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Shout out to Carlos. Shout out to Carlos. He's <laughs> making wine now. <laughs> he's making wine. I'll ask him. I'll ask him what he's doing with wine. Have him, yeah. have him make us a song about wine, and we'll hear it on the show. That I love, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, I really like that idea. So, Pat, uh, Trevor texted me this the other day, and he wanted to get our thoughts, and I figured this is re- let's talk about it this week because it's more relevant. But it's the uh, he, he wanted to know our thoughts on the home run derby versus the dunk contest in NBA. What are your thoughts on the two? Okay. Or what's better? Or what's, I'm a bigger you know. fan of baseball. The yeah. home run derby's changed. It used to be you had 10 outs, and now it's timed. Mm-hmm. And there's like a bonus if you hit a home run a certain distance. So it's it's changed within like, I, I think it was maybe two or three years ago they changed the yeah. format. Do you like that format? It was when they were in Cincinnati. Um, it's a little more exciting now because it comes down to time. Like they could be one home run shy and have like one pitch left in like four seconds, you know. Yeah. Versus you only have one out left, so it's basically your next swing. So it's a little more exciting now. Um, but the thing is, is like not a lot of players are doing it because there's like this thing about how it messes up your swing and players have been in slumps after doing the home run derby. So it's um, it's not. It's definitely not like it was in the steroid era. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But um, I don't know. In general, pitching's been dominating baseball, and so. But um, the dunk contest. I honestly, I'll be honest. I, I don't think I've ever actually watched one. Like I know what it is, obviously. But it, yeah. I mean, is it scored with like one out of ten from like judges? I honestly yeah. don't know. That's that's how it's scored. So, it, it, how, how many judges? Uh, man, I would. I think it's three. It might be five. I would have to. I would and have what, to pay how do you determine between so, a nine and a ten? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all subjective. It is. It is. And and so here's my thoughts on the dunk contest versus the the. I actually watched all the highlights of the uh, of the home run derby, and so I didn't watch it live. But actually, I was actually fairly interested in the home run derby. Like it seemed like it actually went down to kind of the wire, and. And the other thing I notice is you say not a lot of players do it, but like the guys in it, I I'll, I knew all the names. <laughs> in like the finals, yeah, in the Schwarber finals, exactly, exactly. You know, there's a couple other guys in there that I knew as well. But I mean, like the difference of the dunk contest now is none of the guys, any of the guys that are like a starter, basically, if you're a starter or you're like any of the all star guys, nobody does the dunk contest. It's it's kind of dumb in that sense. Like literally, the only people in, in dunk contests are guys in their first like three years, basically. And there are a lot of times guys you haven't heard of. They're just guys that can jump really high. And now sometimes those guys go on to be good players. A lot of times they do, but they just start like nobody. That yeah, I don't know. To me, it's kind of it's. It, there's a lot of cool highlights throughout the years. A lot of history with the dunk contest, like uh, Dr. J and Dominique and uh, Michael Jordan, and then some Nate Robinson type stuff when he was super short and dunking and he won the dunk contest a few times. There's like some stuff, but in the last, I don't know, in the last like six or seven years, I'm actually not a big fan of the dunk contest. I think it's a little bit, uh, it, cause like none of the big players do it. 
Like, you would never get a Bryce Harper-type caliber player doing the dunk contest anymore. They think it's, like, below them. So it seems like it's more for entertainment than competition. For sure. Basically, in the past, Because it's not the best dunkers. It's not the best dogs to do it. Yes. Yeah. It's not the best dunkers anymore. When it was when it was Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan going in the eighties, uh, that was the be- the two best dunkers you know in the NBA at the time going for it, and they were both young. To be fair, they were still earlier in their career, and Michael Jordan didn't do it later on. But aren't so? If I could think of like three iconic dunks, there's like the MJ dunk from the free throw line, right? Yeah, which was also Vince which Carter was, dunk. Yep. And then uh, Dwight Howard, right? The Superman. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. There's exactly, and those are all from. So there's some some iconic moments from the past for sure. Um, but it just it, it's not. Yeah. Exactly. It's just not what it used to be, and I just don't kind of like where it's gone. But it seems like they've made some good changes for the so the home run derby. So people might have thought we would have been a little different on this. I kind of am probably more for the home run derby than I am for the dunk contest. Well, me too. Um, I definitely think when they changed the format, it got more exciting because. Like, if you watch the highlights, like, with Bryce Harper, like, you just started launching him, like, four or five times in a row. But mm. there's, like, this whole controversy now that he cheated because I guess he's supposed to wait until the ball lands. And, like, his dad was pitching, and I guess his, they were so behind that he just kept throwing them like, before the ball would land. I see. So now there's bitching Whatever. and complaining. Yeah, yeah. nobody. Yeah. It's a – yeah. All right, I did want to make it, a... it's an It's an award that's cool to get but really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make a correction from last week. So I messed up big time. I said something that was not 100% factually true, and I want to correct that. So I talked about... Uh, Shocker! <laughs> I actually think I'm pretty good. Uh, I try to, like... Because I, I re- listen to every episode as I'm editing it, so I try to, like, make sure that everything I say is accurate, and usually if there's stuff that's not, I'll cut it out or something like that. But um, there was a part... Uh, where I talk about Guy Fieri changing his name. This is, it was, I, I said that that was not his real name and that he changed it from Guy Ferry to Guy Fieri, which is accurate. But there's a side part of this that makes it not 100% true. So apparently his act, his family's like original name when they came from Italy was Fieri. But when he was born, his name was Guy Ferry. So I was not 100% wrong, but it's just not accurate to say that, that he just some made-up name that to make him sound more Italian. That's not really true. It was like his family. It's like my, uh, I believe my name when they came in from, from Czech was uh, Zmalek. You know, it was like something like that. How do we say it? Zmalek. No, how do you say it now? Zmolek. Okay. That's always how I said it. Yeah. I so, always wondered if I butchered it. No. So... I think, you know, there's some change even when people come over. You know, they always change stuff to make it sound more American. So that's what had happened to his name, and then he went back to his original roots, changed it to Fieti. So uh, there it is. Yeah, that's the correction. better now? I feel a lot better, and I, I yeah, I feel way better. Um, How do you think I feel when I'm incorrect and I get no, no corrections? You have to do your own corrections. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess you got a yeah. point there. <laughs> okay. Um, so, <laughs> Pat, I thought you would appreciate this. So, a guy, uh, one of my friends from Milwaukee, he was in uh, Nashville this weekend. And he sent a Snapchat video to me and, and the group of our Milwaukee friends. And he said, what has happened? To, basically, what has happened to society at this point? And this is a picture that I've seen on Instagram many times for many girls. 
and I did not know the story behind this. And now that I've seen this picture, I have a lot more of a thought behind girls that post this picture. But have you seen the picture? It's like a black background, and there's these huge giant wings that are drawn on this wall, and the girl is standing in front of these giant wings. No. Okay. Um, yes. So Okay, so this doesn't help my story, but the wings are almost like two stories tall. And then basically what happens is you stand in front. Are you talking front. about like wings that help you fly? Or yeah, they look like angel wings. They look like angel wings. Okay. Like paint, like painted on this brick wall, this black brick wall. And it's a white wings. And they're like, yeah, kind of fancy angel type wings. And you stand in front of there and somebody takes a picture of you. There is a line like around the block. I don't know. If, obviously, probably not constantly. But whenever he was there, there was a line around the block of girls waiting to take a picture in front of this thing. Wow. And I was... Uh, so that's a tourist attraction. Apparently a tourist attraction to take a picture. And there was somebody there like telling him, all right, your turn now, your turn now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Get the pay? Is this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is, it really bothered me. And I know like people take pictures in front of like, you know, maybe you go to the Eiffel Tower and you take a picture in front of the Eiffel Tower and that's like a common thing, right? But at least that's something to do. Like it's actually like a, a thing. Like you can go up there, you can go up to the Eiffel Tower, or maybe, you know, there's a lot of iconic pictures that people take, but I feel like they're all involved in like actual structures or actual things, activities involved with it. This is just like a tour, like an Instagram trap instead of a tourist trap. And and for some reason, it really like it, that part of society really bothers me. You know what really bothers me? It's a picture. It's someone standing very far away from some structure, and they put their hand up like they're touching the top of it. <laughs> or they're grabbing the top of it? Yeah, I don't like that for some reason. It's like the, I've seen a couple like celebrities with the Leaning Tower of Pisa, yeah. like pretending like they're holding it up from far away. Yeah. Get, get over yourself. Just seriously. Well, so that's this a is common, big, tall building. Get off my lawn. So that's a common thing, Pat, in uh, in India with the uh, the top of the Taj Mahal. People do a lot of that, grabbing the top of it. Disrespectful. <laughs> you think it's disrespectful? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't no. like it. I just I think it's corny. I don't know. Yeah. Um. It is a little corny, and Pat hates corny. Pat likes it serious. He likes it straight to the point. You're a straight shooter, right, Pat? Uh, non-corn products. Non-corn products. No corn. Uh, yeah. What is that stuff that people are getting pissed off about? Is it like corn syrup or like what's the stuff that's in all the food that people are freaking out about? High fructose corn syrup. Um, High fructose corn syrup. You hate that. Bird up. There's a sign, and I've seen a lot of these, and I've probably seen it for a while, but I'm just noticing it now. So there's these signs that are on the corners of some street, and, and they're in really shitty like cardboard signs, and it says... Learn real estate investing from millionaires. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Like, here, it's this easy. <laughs> it's this easy. So here's my question. If, uh, if, you've got, if you're a millionaire, you've got so much money, a couple things here. So why, one, what are you getting out of telling other people, like random people? I get you want to tell your friends, right? If you, you're maybe not. If you had you're, some, you're sharing the market. You're sharing, exactly. You're hurting your competition. Like you're making it harder on yourself if you're actually teaching somebody. If you've got a ton of money, you've made a ton of money in the real estate business. What advantage do you have of just sharing your your knowledge 
you know, all that does is hurt yourself. Unless it's like something where you're like, you know, you made a bunch of money already. You're like, hey, you could tell a couple of your friends like, hey, this is how I did it. You can do it too. But it's a very different scenario when you're putting up signs and you want a just generic public to go into this thing where they can, you know, make millionaires. Also, it doesn't say that these people are millionaires because of real estate investing. You know, maybe they're born says learn from millionaires. Learn from millionaires. There could be a millionaire that was born with a couple million dollars, doesn't know shit about real estate investing. And he's just blood giving money. you some yeah, blood money. Exactly. Some yeah, some <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, but uh, they're just gonna go ahead and tell you these these things and they don't know anything. Here's the other thing. If you've got a million dollars, if then why are you forty how can like how can you not afford better signs than these shitty signs that you're drawing like a marker on a piece <laughs> of cardboard and taping this up everywhere? I don't I, know. The only scenario I could see it being legit would be like the dude's retired, like just needs to do something with his time. But still, <laughs> yeah. But if I, you've seen if you've seen the these signs scam. and I've seen these signs, there's no way it's just like some retired guy's like I'm super rich. I want to share my wealth. I want to tell ever tell the world. You know, it's like some uh, it's like some guy just in his some creepy guy in his basement, just like you know, uh, making the signs for everybody else. I I aerated lawns in high school. And I would just put up signs. <laughs> Here we go. And I would put up signs in my neighborhood, or and in the neighboring in the surrounding neighborhoods. And I would have a much more professional looking sign than these ones that are from opposed of millionaires. You know, ladies, gentlemen, if you're interested in getting your lawn aerated, be sure to check out Geration. Yeah, make sure to check out Geration. If you live in the surrounding area and you want to do it the one weekend a year that I do it. Yeah. Plug it. That's a plug. Okay, Pat. Um, let's. Okay, you know what, Pat? I'm gonna do this real for you. Actually, let's go to a listener email here real fast. Let's do that first. And it says, "Dear Jared." Oh, apparently it's not for you, Pat. So sorry. Uh, I'm happy you enjoyed Dead and Company. Oh no, I feel so left out. Yeah, I'm happy you enjoyed Dead and Company. That wasn't the actual Grateful Dead as you referred. The drummers, Bill and Mickey, original <laughs> members of the Dead. Their drumming session is called Drum Slash Space. Fun fact: Mickey Hart and Bill. Kruitzman, a.k.a. the Rhythm Devils, did the drum music for Apocalypse Now. Another fun fact, O'Teal, the bassist, not originally dead bassist, that's Phil Lesh. Smoked my banana OG, he's a gem. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> okay, so if, if, you want a great, I love it. if you want a Grateful Dead history lesson, let me know. Loyally a deadhead. Okay, so I'm okay. Okay, but I I did uh there was a previous email where we've gotten an email and I did tell her we would give her a call. So I at another point I will give her a call. Uh but but uh you and me would have to be together in order to make this call. But this is good news for me. Yes, yeah, you're right. When I, Jared's done playing volleyball on the beach, we yeah, will totally hit Exactly. Make exactly. So here's this that's a good point with the dead and company cuz I just referred to it as a grateful dead. It is it's it's essentially almost a Grateful Dead cover band with some members of the original band in it, right? At one point, at what point is it not really the band? They don't call themselves Grateful Dead; they call it Dead and Company. But it's Grateful Dead music. I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I don't think they've created any original music from being the Dead and Company. I don't know if that's true, but I don't think they have. So, does anyone want to hear any original music? I don't know. Probably you're right. They probably when people go there, they're probably looking to hear Grateful Dead music. So I don't know if they'd want to hear anything new. 
They're missing you. some key members. Yeah. They want to leave it in the past. Yes, I would agree. So, Pat, I'm going to give you an option here. Uh, do you want to hear? I've got two already queued up here, but you get to pick here. Would you like a Brendan Fraser movie review or a Jeff Goldblum movie review? I'm going to go with B. Fraser just because I missed the intro. Okay. Here it About is. 20 years ago, back in the last century, I went to actor school, actually. That's back when I was allowed to work with animals. When these experiences are always brought into everyone's home. Why do I smell a fish? Well, these are the uh, yum yum sweats. Ah, uh -huh. she's toying with me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they think I shaved their butts. I look like a big old steak with legs. Okay, from 2018, the TV series Trust. Pat, you ever heard what of this TV? Is that on? This is on FX. No. So they've just done one season, and the, and the first season wrapped up pretty recently. Brendan Fraser was in all ten episodes. It's good to see Brendan Fraser. You know, this is uh, he's he's on the he's on the billing for the uh, the main poster of this. So here's what I didn't realize. This is actually all based on a true story. So I will tell you the story of this. Uh, this is about the Getty Oil family. Have you ever heard of the Getty Oil family, Pat? No. Okay. So at the time that John Paul Getty uh, died, he was the, what they, they, some projected as the richest person on the earth at the time that he died. You know, his, his, uh, his amount of money is worth was in the multi-billions of dollars that this guy was worth. But basically what happened Never is there was a Getty. Well, he died in like the 70s. So that's probably why you haven't heard of him. But here's the story with him. So the Getty family at one point had bought some land in Oklahoma. Turns out it had a bunch of oil on it. They got it really rich from that. This John Paul Getty guy grew up rich or grew up with some good money. And then he turned that into a like mega, you know, mega billion dollar company. Um and so the whole story here is that uh, so John Paul Getty is played by Donald Sutherland. You know Donald Sutherland? He's been in a lot of stuff. He's uh, Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Uh, the kid that plays his grandson is Harris Dickinson. Didn't recognize him for anything, but he's a pretty good actor. He fits kind of the role pretty well. Hillary Swank is in this. Hillary Swank plays uh, John Paul Getty III's mom. Uh, so Donald Sutherland's Didn't we get an email about Hillary Swank? I don't think so. Maybe though, not that I remember. Uh, so okay. yeah, not that I remember. Uh, then the only other person in this big time that I recognize big time here though is Mr. Brendan Fraser, who plays James Fletcher Chase. And James Fletcher Chase is a Vietnam veteran that is now the head of security for Donald Sutherland. Here's the uh, so here's the storyline, and this happens pretty fast. So it, the problem. It, John Paul Getty is, and this again, this is all a true story, and I did not realize this at first. It's, it's fairly interesting. So it starts off, and this guy is looking, it starts off actually with one of John Paul Getty's sons uh, committing suicide by stabbing, him, stabbing himself with a, like a barbecue fork, like one of those big tongs. Uh, and it was pretty brutal, pretty, uh, to start off. Keep in mind, like all the sons are very rich. Yeah, skewer, yes. And uh, so the he's trying to find who's going to run his business after he dies you know and and the problem is all of his sons are either hate him or are in, not interested in the business at all 
uh, but he and, and a lot of them have had trouble with drugs and things like that, right? He's not a very personable person. You realize this? He has uh, four girlfriends that all you know that he just kind of sleeps with when he wants to. They all just stay at the house all day, uh, and they all have like contracts where they can't actually have. If they have any kids with his, they have to get them aborted or they have to leave. They can't be part of his life anymore. They're not officially his kids. So he's he's very ruthless person as far as like he really doesn't care about people. He only cares about business, that type of thing. Uh, and and his great his grandson gets kidnapped uh, by the Italian mafia. Oh, mamma mia! In Rome, uh, and they are looking for a ransom. And the whole thing is like them going back and like so. That's basically the storyline with this whole. It's basically ten episodes. So if, like what happened in the first season, ten episodes of John Paul Getty the third his. Uh, Donald Sutherland's grandson gets captured by the uh, the Italian mafia so they can get money from him. That's kind of the risk when you have a lot of money in your family, right? So yes, Brendan, a lot need of to hire security, exactly, which is Mister Brendan uh, Fraser. Good to see him back. He looks great in this, looking hot, looking fresh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's the here's the interesting part of this. He's the only person in this whole show that talks to the camera. And he breaks the fourth wall. And so, and I don't really know the point of it. I, it doesn't, it, the show is very like, it's fairly serious show. It's not a comedy. It's very more of a drama than anything else. And, but for some reason he is just like, he's the one, he talks to the camera like, he's electric. So they're just like, Hey, you can just do whatever you want with the audience. Why don't you just talk to the audience? So some, every once in a while he'll explain things and it's very, doesn't really fit the rest of the show, but he does it, and because he's doing it, I love it. So I can't get mad at it. Uh, but it just seems really random. But all the characters in this, everything that I, everything that was kind of going on with the storyline I was following, and it all adds up to what I also read on Wikipedia and other sites. So uh, the it's a, it's a true story uh, from the '70s about a super rich oil family and a guy trying to find his heir. So this is a uh, this for me. It's good to see Brendan Fraser, like I said, in you know a top show. This is actually a lot of. Uh, it was mentioned in that GQ article. Maybe that's why Pat. Maybe we talked about Hillary Swank Uh-oh. when he was starting with that. So. Uh, no, I think someone emailed on uh, episode that Vaughn was on. Like, is she hot? I, that's an Office episode. Okay, well, someone emailed it to us. Okay, I remember talking about it in my car while we recorded the podcast. Okay, that might have been like a fantasy you had, Pat. Um, but fine. Hey, but okay. So here's what I'll say about this. This is a good show. This is a very good show. It's it's really well done. Like obviously, like the writing is very good in this. The the, the everything looks very professional. It's very it's as nice looking a show as anything else. Here's what I'll also say about it. I think it's a little long. I think this probably could be five episodes and not ten episodes. It felt a little bit stretched out. It felt like it's top tier for me. It's a top. It's a Brendan Fraser on the Encino Man scale. The woman I love is living with a little monkey that looks like me. It's top tier. Classic. But, but it, it's, I just, I would have liked it to be, if it, it would have been like really good. I feel like if it would have been like five episodes instead of 10, it just felt it's five, it's 10 hour long episodes. Um, and so it just feels a little long, you know, it's a lot. So how do they always like, film all these TV shows that say it's 10 episodes. How is it always done in such a short time frame yet movies take like over two years? Um, so movies do. Okay. So here's the difference with the, with the two of those is that 
a lot of times when TV shows are filming, they already have the everything lined up, right? So let's say FX, maybe, I don't know how they did this in this one particularly, but this is a very common scenario. So maybe whatever this production company is, shot the pilot, then FX, or maybe FX is backing them. Maybe all of it was just, maybe they had the script already. Then they had the idea, they brought it to FX. FX is like, yeah, shoot the pilot, go for it. They shoot the pilot, they like the pilot. Then they may, sometimes they reshoot the pilot, or sometimes they use that original pilot and then shoot the next 10 episodes, or not nine episodes, right? At this point, they already know what the distrib- distribution is going to be. They're like, all right, you got to start filming this now. It's going to be released in, yeah, four months, five months, whatever it is, six months. The first episode is going to come out then. Um, and sometimes they're doing like, so sometimes the first episode is out for the like first episode got released and they're still filming like the eighth episode while this is going on. So that's happening sometimes. So they're like still, it's being released as they're still filming. The difference with movies, a lot of times there's time. a big, yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. So the good, the ones that are like really plan ahead, they've already got it all filmed and then all recorded. And then they're bringing out stuff. So. Uh, that, okay, so the way the problem with movies, why there's a big delay sometimes, is sometimes, a lot of times, not sometimes, a lot of times, movies get made and they don't know who is going to buy the movie. So they'll make the movie, they'll bring it to the film festivals like we talked about last week in Festival in Cannes, in Cannes, sorry. Uh, we talked about that last week. And so then by the time they make the movie, maybe the film festival is not for a couple months after that. Then they bring it to the film festival and then the guy's like, all right, here you go. You can sell it here. You can sell it here. And maybe they, they bought it, but now Lionsgate's not going to release this for another, you know, eight months because they want to release it in February. They want to release it in March because that's when they don't have as many other movies. So it's, it's because of the whole process of who's buying the movies and that kind of thing. Does that answer your question, Pat? Yes. Thank you for that okay. wonderful explanation, Jared. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's all you got for that. Good to see Brendan Fraser back. You ever notice you can only ooze two things, sexuality and pus? Man, I tell you. I did see an article in Business Insider about how there's this Japanese city who's trying to hire more ninjas. But the yeah. salary is compared to 85K USD, but they can't get people to do it. They want to do it for tourism. I think that that's going to bring tourism to the town. I don't know how to pronounce the town's name. I'm not even going to make an attempt. Yeah. But um, what would be like the U.S. comparable to like a ninja that would bring tourism, I guess, to a certain area? So something that's super stereotypical, like cowboys to me. Okay. That's actually a pretty good answer. Yeah. Something that's like super stereotypical. Jared, that was quick. <laughs> Well, I was thinking, like, what do you picture? What do you think of, like, like Japan? If you were to think about, like, a stereotypical, like, type, like, somebody that is involved in killing and that type of thing, you think about that. Samurais, ninja. What do you think in America? It's like a cowboy. Yeah. Howdy, partner. Oh, and that, yep. that's it, Pat. So, what do you what do you think about the ninjas? Why would people? What do like, I think why about would what? People, like, what do they have to do? I'm confused. Like, are they just gonna like start attacking? They probably have people? to learn martial arts. But what, what, do you, do you what are they doing during the time? They're just standing around, or what's the deal? I have no idea. 
Oh, so you don't you didn't know the whole details of it? It's just basically like that people want people can become ninjas for eighty. You mean do I know what a ninja does? I know. No, yeah, exactly. I don't know what a ninja does. This isn't fucking ninth or sixteen hundred right now. I have that's no idea. That's what I'm idea saying. What like, what could does. a ninja possibly do? And it seems like that seems like a decent salary like for being a ninja. And you probably show it off in public. or yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe just do a little. Yeah. So, but I mean, just like an act. Why would nobody do? Uh, why would nobody do that? That seems like a. That seems like a I don't know. Solid... If someone was going to give you 85K to be a cowboy, would you do it? Probably. Sell out. <laughs> there's a lot of people that would. I mean, there's for sure, like, much. There's a ton of jobs that pay way less than that that are really crappy jobs. I know. Like you just get to walk around <laughs> on the, uh, be on the horse with a you know, revolver on your side. Yeah, it seems like a pretty good deal. There was someone I knew who considered quitting their job to go be a Disney princess, which did not pay a lot of money. Well, that's very different. How is it different than being a cowboy? You don't have a gun. Or a ninja. You don't have a gun if you're but a... Uh, okay, but it's all an ninja. act. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Backtrack a yeah. second. What does having a gun have anything to do with being a cowboy? Wouldn't you ride horses and shit? I mean, but you, you when you're picturing a cowboy, you have to have a gun. You have to have the revolver. The holster, the revolver. Nah, that's subjective, bro. Pat, if there was a name one Western movie where you see a cowboy without a gun, why does it have to be a revolver? Pat, you can't have like a you can't have like maybe a, I'm thinking maybe what? I'm thinking of like a rodeo rider or something. I don't know. I'm picturing like old West cowboys. And what do cowboys do? Cowboys rattle. Uh, they wrestle cows and they hurt them. Okay, they hurt so there's your answer. The what does having other? a revolver have to do with that? You need that so that you can. Uh, so you can shoot like uh, the you know mountain lions when they come up on you. <laughs> You're thinking of like Red Dead Redemption. That's exactly what I'm thinking about. There's gonna be a duel. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 2018. You're not gonna have a duel. Yeah, that's true. That will lead to prison time. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Pat, how about some Tanzania news? The infection causes immediate respiratory failure, and scientists claim that new patients are now transmitting. You know what Fugazi is? Fugazi, no. it's a uh, fake. Yeah, Fugazi, Fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a wazi, it's a fairy dust. What are you, from Tanzania? Yes, I am. African Safari by Mountain Bike is now available in Tanzania. So you can like get close to lions and yeah, there's all that other stuff there's literally on a mountain a, bike? There's literally a picture of a guy riding a, a mountain bike right next to a zebra. Did I, did I talk to you about the cougar incident in Washington? No. Okay, well, there's two people biking on mountain bikes. In Washington, like the state, yeah. and one of them got mauled by a cougar. Dead. Wow. Yeah. So how is this a good idea? This seems like a terrible idea. I would 100 percent agree with you. Where, like, if you're like the first of all, the traditional, like you, you picture the people in the big like Land Rovers, like right, the big like uh, they're with the, like the big cages Jeep. on the top, the big jeeps, that type of a thing, right? As you're going through the safari, like Jurassic Park, like Jurassic Park, exactly, exactly like Jurassic Park. When you're like this, how safe do you feel getting to anything if you're all that's exposed to you is like a bike? You can flip over on a bike with a little like rock, you know, a little ditch in the <laughs> ground. Like what's going to happen if like one of these wildebeests just starts like 
you know, sprinting at you. Like well, you're just gonna beast. get you're just gonna get run over. One of the zebras. I mean, I like it's like cool concept. Like, oh look, we can be so exposed and so cool. But like, also, it's super hot. It's it's way more dangerous. There's a lot like they just there's all these articles around this article. It's just about how bad poaching still is. Do you want to even be more have, exposed and that type of thing? Like, this is a horrible idea in my thought. Have we ever talked about hyenas on this show? We have not. Dude, fuck hyenas. Not for why you can't, monkey boy. Yeah, I ain't so, getting on no mountain exactly. bike. Exactly. So I'm not going around. Yeah, I'm not going on some mountain bike, and there could just be a hyena there. It could be lion there. I mean, that's the stuff you're wanting to see is not stuff you want to see while you're on a bike. You know, and this is like flat ground, so it's not like you're gonna get like a ton of speed going. Like, you can only go so fast, way slower than than what any of those can just run. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about the geography really quick. Is okay. Tanzania like Sahara in Africa? It has a lot of. Uh, it's got a, kind of a wide range, um, but it's a little bit more grassy than tropical. Like, it's a little bit more not tropical, but it's just more. It's not overly deserty. From all the pictures that I ever okay. see, it's got a lot of grass type stuff. I don't know why. When I think of Africa, I think of deserts. I don't. know. A lot of it is. A lot of it is. A lot of the central. This is more Tanzania is like along the coast type area. It's along the eastern type coast area. So uh, it's not. But there's a lot of Africa is very deserty. I mean, Egypt is in Africa. Yes. Yeah, a lot of it is. I don't. I don't know why. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going to go with that, but yeah. Yes, Egypt is in Africa, Jared. Good point. Uh, The Mummy took place in Egypt, and Brendan Fraser was in The Mummy, and I just want to make a full circle with the Brendan Fraser review earlier. He's looking hot. He's looking hot. So, uh, Paz, anything else you want to get to? Uh, No. Okay. We'll uh, (laughs) save that stuff for... That's it? That was your whole article, though? I mean, it's just an article about people doing just biking's an option. They were talking about you can rent it out, you can do whatever, and they'll take you around. They'll have a tour guide still. There's still somebody with a gun riding on a bike with you. It just seems like a bad idea, though. Can you have like can you have pegs on the bike? Uh, I don't think you. They they did not mention pegs in this article. Would you like to peg around? Have peg somebody yeah. around? Was the last time you took a peg on a bike? Um, you mean the last time I stood on pegs? Yeah. Um, never. What? <laughs> Nobody invited you, Pat. Is I that didn't, what happened? No, no, I don't know. They were intimidated, I guess. Intimidated by you on the back, like they thought you were going to strangle them or something? I have no idea. No, we'll no. never know. We'll never know. I don't even remember anyone who had pegs. <laughs> you were not hanging out with the cool crew, were you, Pat? My friends rollerbladed. Oh my God, that's embarrassing. All right, Pat, uh, we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> okay, wrap- yeah, we'll, we'll just let Jared end right there. That's fine. <laughs> well, uh, we'll wrap it up there. You will so chubstep.podcast at jbell.com. Uh, Chubstep, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, all the good stuff. Uh, follow Pat Callahan. Um, I don't know. If you're bored on Instagram, I'm Pat Callahan 44. If you're bored, become more bored by following Pat Callahan 44. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding I'm just kidding Pat posted like a nice it. recent uh, recent nice pick he was with two other people or three other people that was at the Wendy that was at the smokehouse thing right Pat smoke out smoke out yep the smoke out thing um, perfect uh, L I, we were going to get a bur- beef jerky review from L but she's not around while we we're recording this so we will get that next week um, 
so people stay on the edge of your seats to find out if she ever got that beef jerky from the door-to-door salesman. And uh, the show has ended. I rest my case. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.